Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. I'm Mike Zenker, and I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Growing in Grace Ministries Canada and Hope Fellowship, your community church, invite you to enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Good morning. Welcome to Still Growing in Grace. Glad you're taking time to join us today. It's going to be a good one today. By the way, Howard, good morning in Sorrento, BC. Uh, I mentioned on my uh, post, hey, uh, say hello and tell us where you're watching from. It's always wonderful to hear where folks are watching from. Even if uh, you're not watching live, do a quick comment and say, hey, I'm watching from this and this place. Um, I'm, I'm continually surprised uh, where people are watching from folks I've never heard from before or what I uh, don't know how you hear about it but honestly something else you could tell me is how did you hear about still growing grace because that's that's nice to know for us it's it just helps um, otherwise you know if nobody's watching why do this <laughs> so um, but I think uh, one of the reasons I'm doing this is because there are so many topics that need to be addressed uh, for those asking a lot of questions, uh, when it comes to what is grace, we, I think we covered that three years ago. Um, but still it, it there is no solid one answer. <laughs> some people think there is, but I think there's much still to learn and grow in. And even some of the topics that we cover, there's more to learn about each one of those topics. Anger is one that's going to be on for today. Uh, I really hope you're going to enjoy this discussion. Um, is anger controlling you? Uh, finding better ways to understand and process anger. I think this the conversation bounces all over the place. Um, it's a good one. So it's about 45 minutes long. It, it's You're going to love this. So if you don't get to finish it or if you jump in part way, uh, it, it's going to be a doozy. So I, I hope it really encourages you. It really did me. And... Um, yeah, maybe we'll have to do more on this topic later, um, but let's let's get right into it because time is tight today, and I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation with uh, Bill and Richard. Um, yeah, here we go. All right, hello, uh, Richard and Bill. I'm so glad you took time to join me today on Still Growing in Grace, and uh, this topic is, I think it's the very first time I've ever spoken on it or... Um, I never really preached on it. So this conversation is important. Something happened that triggered this this week. And uh, in the conversation, you'll hear part of what that could have been. But I just realized, oh, my goodness. And so in preparation for this, I started putting all these Bible verses together on anger. You know, what is what about How anger? pastoral of you, Mike? What? Ah! <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> so. I was stunned though, because I got like 150 different verses that speak to the topic. And um, I started to read through just the Proverbs ones and thought, if anybody's wrestling with some anger stuff, just reading just the Proverbs mm -hmm. ones should wake you up. You should be able to see yourself in the mirror a little bit. And it very humbly, it was really good. But I was hoping that we could talk about this topic because it is a really misunderstood topic in the church, in the Christian world, in the deconstruction world, if you want to call it that. And so I'm hoping we can talk about, is anger allowed? What is it? The misuse of anger in Christian circles, guidelines on how to process anger and lastly, misconceptions. Or 
wherever else this goes. Ah. <laughs> I'll just let you guys uh, dive in and, and we'll see where this goes. But I think this topic's huge. It could be a two-parter, but right now, I think this is a big one. Well, I tell you, it's uh, anger. You know why this is important? It's because the misunderstood wrath of God. It's no different than the uh. misunderstood wrath of God because people think that God is wrathful. Remember Tozer's statement that we grow to resemble our image of God. So if I think that God has wrath in him, and really the way we disguise that, I think sometimes is wrath against things I don't like, wrath against things I don't agree with, wrath against things that offend me, that we maybe subtly think that he is still wrathful, even though for the most part, we've deconstructed away from hell and, and from him being the oppressor and the source of oppression and affliction and all that. But I'm telling you, we there, we have lots of blind spots. You know that this thing hides wrath. I, I kind of uh, I used a metaphor one time about rat infested. You know how rats get in the walls. Just add th wrath infested behind our walls. <laughs> it's behind our walls. Wow. In my particular wall, it's in traffic rage. You know I'm doing better these days. <laughs> I, I, yeah. yeah, I mean, and you know what? If I'm honest with myself, if I'm honest with myself. This traffic isn't going the way that I want it to go. So I'm mad and I'm angry and I'm impatient. And once you lose your patience, you yeah, it's hard to know which comes first in all this fear, anger, hate, hostility. But but um, I know impatience need patience needs to be in there too. Because Jesus said, in your patience, you'll possess your soul. You cannot be patient. It is impossible to be patient and angry at the mm. same time. And uh, so anyway, I think it has to do with with our image of God and and correcting. Our Ouch. own age. Ouch. Now, Bill, yeah. you said you told me at the very start you had some thoughts on this and even wrote about it. It's funny because, you know, I, yeah, I had actually written on this this past week and it was a, actually a post I reshared oh. from a while back. But, um, yeah, I, and it, I needed to read my own writing every once in a while. I don't know if you guys ever had that where it's like I'm, I'm speaking to myself more than I'm speaking to everybody else out there. But, um. I'll just read what I wrote because yeah, I think it's do. applicable here. And, and I got a couple of things I just literally jotted down to help remind me not to forget them. Uh, but it, I, what I what I said was God has forgiven and forgotten all sin, removed as far as he says from West. Therefore, God cannot be disappointed by sin. Yeah, I agree. Right? So there's no disappointment. Appointed means it's something that's. And disappointment anger. is failed expectations. Anger is a byproduct of disappointment, a way of missed expectation. Oh, gee. <laughs> right? You have no expect- expectations from God upon you. Otherwise, you can miss an expectant mark, which is the mm. precise definition of sin, which, again, he has no memory of. Say that again. Re- say that again. What you yep. just said was powerful. You have no expectation from God upon you. Otherwise, you could miss an expectant mark, which is the precise definition of sin, missing a mark which again, he has no memory of, which to know you by, Hmm. as revealed by Jesus on the cross. Wrath, just like uh, uh, Richard mentioned, wrath has for too long been assumed to be synonymous with righteous anger, some sort of missed expectations of God. If it is true, God does have wrath, but not anger. Therefore, wrath cannot be a product of disappointment or missed expectations, and thus must be something else altogether. Wrath is hence something otherwise, an expectant, assured, restorative type of divine passion and judgment of redemption. 
In logical-based conclusion, wrath must then be an intense swell of relentless desire for complete union and reconciled partnership, never against, but always focused in love for people. And what I wrote down here is anger in our world becomes synonymous with non-forgiveness, mm. right? Unforgiveness. Um, it, when, when we when we are trying to judge something, and th that same thing you just talked about, Richard, that that this isn't this isn't meeting my expectations of righteousness, whatever that means, traffic's not flowing right for me in this moment of time when I got to get to the dentist appointment that I'm five minutes late for, which may or may not have happened to me on Tuesday. Um, and I'm angry at the person in front of me driving the speed limit because <laughs> my mess up is being affected by their ignorance. I'm angry, right? And, and the other thing I wrote was this is, I've said this before, and I think it's such a small, but for me, powerful shift of mind with so many people that talk about nonviolence and we associate violence with anger and all this stuff. But the reality is there is a type of violence that has nothing to do with anger. You know, the lion attacking the gazelle on the plains of Africa is violent act, but there's no anger. It's just, it's, it's animalistic. It's survivalistic. It's, it's, it's neutral, right? But vengeance Vengeance is the root that drives anger a lot of the time. And so vengeance is a, is the root at which anger or violence or something comes from that, in my opinion, causes this shift of, of, of consciousness, right? We've talked about that before. And this now the shift of consciousness is it becomes antichrist, right? And I think the one thing we got to talk about here, and it might be sensitive ground, is when we think about Jesus, there are moments, at least a couple of times, where we see Jesus get angry. And, and how do we deal with that? How, how does that play into this conversation? Well, yeah. well, hate, you know, we, we need to attach. There's there's a concept. Uh, I remember uh, somebody was saying when you when you see bundles of words together, you need to start associating them, whether it's for good or whether it's for toxic you know, reasons. And I think a bunch of toxic words that come together. And I posted something that Yoda said the other day, you know, that, that the dark side, you know, it starts off with with. Uh, you know, with fear and then fear leads to anger and then anger leads to hate and, and hate leads to suffering and hate belongs in here too, because it's just like the lion doesn't hate the, the gazelle and the animal animalistic. It's just hungry. All right. But we use our wrath. We know it's not righteous wrath when hate is attached to it. So, and I'm talking about hate against flesh and blood. I'm talking about hate made, you know, against those who are made in the image of God. And let's be real honest about it. You know, this was a charismatic term. I know y'all probably heard this from years ago, control spirits. You know, we need to break the control spirits or you're in control. Well, you know, that's absolutely right. I want to be in control. That's that self-will thing. And when something frustrates my control, then I get angry and I get impatient and I get hostile and I get hateful. These things are bundled. They're bundled together, just like the fruit of the Spirit is. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. There ain't no anger in the fruit of the Spirit, all right? And even, and even, uh, and even if we talk about Jesus being angry, he was, he was angry. The way that I see it, you know, uh, and y'all y'all may see it differently, but, I mean, the way that I see it is I'll be angry if you do see it differently, though. <laughs> no, <laughs> is, is, is that he was only angry, really, against group things. When he when people were there in a hive mind, it was the hive mind that is the only time that I ever saw him get. And plus, we didn't actually see him. I mean, we didn't see him. I mean, he was turning over the tables, but we don't really know what his demeanor was. But even then, that was a hive mind of merchants and 
and people profaning. So the kids could come in and worship. That's what happened after he kicked everyone else. The kids came in and worshiped. You know, so so and, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He wasn't talking to any. He wasn't throwing anyone yeah. off the bus. He was speaking on on, on a group level, and and yet I, I think with in this day of deconstruction, if we're not careful then a true accent mark of hate and hostility and impatience and unforgiveness can be can can cover some of the deconstruction positions and it just is it, it just drains the joy off the face it drains the smiles it drains the the peace out of a situation and instead we we clutch onto our hate you know, we clutch on to our hurt. We clutch on. And I understand these days the psychological stuff. You know, there's triggers and there's trauma. No one's, we've all been through trauma. Some a lot more trauma than others. And yes, we need to give elbow room for people to process, you know, to process their anger or their wrath. Sure we do. But we can't get to a point where we say, well, it's just not a fruit of the spirit. And, and I've often wondered, I've often wondered about when the Lord says my anger is but for a moment, you know, but forgiveness is for generations of for generations. I, not that I actually believe he gets angry necessarily, but he was just trying to put it in perspective that my That's forgiveness is all over the place. And my anger, it, whatever you think my anger is, man, it's over with in the snap of a finger, you know? And that's the opposite of my, many folks today who proclaim they know the love of the Lord. Yeah. Like anger is their signature now. I said, like, wait a minute. Like, I know we talked about Jesus flipping over tables and all that and using a couple of the examples, but of all the examples of how Christ walked, lived, loved people, reached out to the hurting to use the three maybe spots where Jesus could have gotten angry as your permission slip, you've missed the point. It's not looking for legitimacy because the kind of anger that we're looking for legitimacy for isn't found in these stories because there is no legitimacy for the anger we want. Um, I, I don't think there's some injustice that I get angry about. And that's, that's another category, but when it comes to being ticked off at people and carrying unforgiveness, carrying hate towards somebody because you can't stand them or a group of people, my question is always the demeanor. What, what's the demeanor of the people you want to connect with? Um, again, I, we all know Paul Young. And Paul is right now in this stage of life, he models a big hug. That's kind of what his demeanor is. Was he always like that? Is he, does he have the capacity to become really ticked and, you know, blow a finger off at the person cutting him off in traffic? Of course he is. But I think he has gone through so much hell and healing that he's matured so much. That's not the sig anger is not the signature of his life. Yeah. Love is. And, that might require some contemplation from all of us to look in the mirror. What is the vibe we give off? Ask our spouses. They'll tell us if we let them be honest. And that should be a huge wake-up call. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. That's, that's yeah. powerful. I mean, that's yeah. powerful. I, I, think, I think you're so right. And, and, and listen, that anger, anger is a natural part of the emotions. And if, if we're, we're having to, to kind of look in the mirror... Well, that's a good good metaphor, right? We're looking in the mirror, and what's the mirror image we see back, right? And uh, there's the whole Francois de Dutoy. We're, we're supposed to be reflecting the image of Christ mm. back to us. But the reality is somewhere deep inside of us, wrath, anger, like I mentioned earlier, is a totally natural, normal part of how we're made in God's image. So these 
the anger toward an injustice, um, toward a hive-minded groupthink for a moment to to emotionally charge us to to repentance, right? To and I use that word in the in the re, reframe sense to change our mind, to change our thinking towards something better or gooder, you know, <laughs> using good English, right? You know. That's okay. There, there, there's healthiness in that. I know my wife and I have been married 23 years. Mike, you've been married a long time. You know, I've had some moments where my wife and I have been angry at each other, but we're fighting for the relationship. We're not fighting against it. And sometimes that takes a minute for us to even both reframe. So I don't want to say that anger isn't a part of this process, but it, it's a very small part of a process. <laughs> yes. It's an emotion that in and of itself is not a sin, correct? Ne not necessarily, no. So let, let me share one thing with you on screen, because this is the emotions wheel that my therapist helped me understand. And I'm going to see if, if it'll allow me. Will, is this zooming in for you guys? Yep. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. So if you look at this anger part over here, Anger is one. That's the simplistic. If, if you say you're just angry all the time, then you need to learn that there are other ways to express anger. There's disgust, envy, irritability, exasperated, rage. Then there's hate, hostile, agitated, frustrated, annoyed, aggravated, resentful, jealous. Um, oops, I can't read that upside down. Intent. Yeah, and, re and revolted. So these are the emotions of our soul expressed in many different words other than just angry. Mm -hmm. And if we don't know that, we're going to mislabel what's really going on um, because there's a whole lot of other emotions that are as important. So, so what you're saying is a word can have more than one meaning? <laughs> <laughs> They're deeper than what we've been told. Yeah. So, well, no. go ahead. I'm done. No, no. I, I was just going to say, I was going to propose something. And this, I, I think this is important when we hit topics like this. There is a difference between micro and the macro. All right. When I say Explain micro, that. yeah, every micro, we all get angry. We all struggle with anger, you know, from time to time. I, I mean, you know, that that's not really the issue for me anyway. The issue is that on a macro level, we need to be able to say that the, the anger of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. I mean, that's that's, you know, obviously a passage in the New Testament. But we, we need to, in a general sense, because if somebody's angry, I'm not going to, you know, we need to give them elbow room. We need to give them elbow room to process, decompress, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, Jesus, when I say, you know, especially the man born blind, you know, he wasn't going to get into a specific cause about what caused this guy to go blind. He refused to go there. Instead, he said, let the glory of God be revealed. And I think you know, and it's and I, I think this is the same principle when people are sick and they want to know why why is my why am I not healed or why does this not happen? On a micro level, we don't know that because we have to know everything. We'd have to be omniscient, like God to know all the pond ripples on that. So we don't approach it on a micro level. I'm not I'm not gonna tell a particular person, or I don't feel like I should tell a particular person that their anger is bad or that it's or that it's wrong. But I, think I, but I think I need to pound on a general level. I think we all do that anger is futility and anger will not in, lead us into the kingdom of heaven. And I think that what concerns me is that if somebody can't agree with that statement on a macro level, then some, then, then they need to address it on a macro level. A micro level is going to be, I don't know that that's gut that that's not, I don't think that's blessed to go on a micro level with somebody in their situation. But if we can't agree 
that that the premium high octane vision of this thing is that anger needs to be purged from our being, that it's not a fruit of the spirit, that it's a reactive like for a moment, you know, and 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 slingshot us, slingshot us into focus, into, into devotional focus on the Lord's spirit. Mm. That that's the end game. But what I see is the possibility that some people say, no, anger's fine. Anger, go ahead, be angry, stay angry. You know, this is what you're seeing is, 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 is angry, you know, causing it justifies anger. And I'm always concerned when we justify something that's not a fruit of the spirit, mm. we try to find some justification for it remaining. So all that by way of saying, I think on a macro level, you, you know, to, to just test ourselves, we need to agree in principle. I think it, it's just a, in a, as a dynamic that anger is not something we're supposed to harbor within a, within us. We're not supposed to harbor and let it reside within us. Right. It, take root. Yeah. Once it takes root, I think that's, you know, going back to that tree metaphor, there, there are different fruits that we can produce. And, and if we're letting the seed of our spirit be non-forgiveness, unforgiveness, vengeance, missed expectations, all of these, all of these kind of are, are you know, the seeds and the soil, which can pr- produce a true a tree, which is going to produce produce anxiety. I mean, think of, think of all these things. What's the opposite of joy? Well, I think anger is a good answer to that, right? What's the opposite of patience? Well, anxiety. Yeah. What's the opposite of gentleness? Well, harshness, brashness, right? What's the opposite of self control? Well, lo- losing our ability to to be patient or you know whatever. You yeah. go all the way down them, and then all of a sudden you can realize that a lot of maybe what you see observationally goes back to a, a seed, and that seed has taken root in someone's heart. And and we have, I think that's the whole point. We I said this, I think last time we talked, that's reminding, right? This returning uh, to a different understanding and, and getting a the seed of, of of Christ starts with love. So let's clarify, because I can hear some people thinking already, because I've heard some of your phrases. Somebody could mishear what you just said, both of you, that anger is wrong. And that's not the case, because anger is a natural emotion. But we're not called to live from anger. We're called to live from Christ who bears the fruit in us. Like if I show you this chart again, take a look. Notice something that's kind of big here. Half of the emotions are sadness, anger, fear are one half. Love, joy, surprise are all on the other. Which side are you going to live from? And we're going to experience all those emotions. They're fine to experience, but to live from, um, sure, they're natural, but the fruit of them, yeah, which yeah. one is going to be life-giving? Living from it. Yeah, it doesn't mean you won't have moments of anger, Yes, but to be of anger, right? And anger is, I, I really do think anger is, is, is a very trailing effect of, of often of a deeper yeah, you know, of, a, of a deeper state of being, um, you know, for me. And again, I'm probably going to walk on thin ice here. I, I, you know, it is what it is. But there are, are segments of our world that I would define as the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and institutions built upon really leveraging this line between knowledges of good and evil. You can call it politics. You can call it religion. You can call it, again, any institutional structure that, that legalism is really a, a you know, a grip, like that's right, that's wrong. And we define those things very differently in different segments of, of uh, the world, but they kind of all harness that same self-righteousness, you know, and, and and someone living in a state of, you know, wrongness. And then they're wrong, I'm right. They're wrong, I'm right. Yeah. Anytime we live from some place and our state of identity is attached to that as, as the mechanism 
that defines, you know, your life, your state of being, then you're going to, that's the root that's going to spur anger forth, right? Because someone's going to be on one side of that and it's going to be really, whereas when forgiveness, other-centered love, um, self-giving love, uh, you know, cruciform love is the root of our identity, the root of our mirror reflected image of who we're supposed to be. Anger may happen in a moment, but again, it's almost a trigger point just to bring us back to this place of a root that's supposed to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, yada, yada, yada. Well, yeah, and I think, too, that when we're talking about the object of a, you know, when we talk about the object of anger, like, I don't, I I think when we're talking about a subject, we're talking about flesh and blood. Yes. testament warns us against is not having these toxic it's okay to hate a horrible idea and an idea that's been crippling people and and keeping them from the king that's a group thing you know that's a group thing when when we're attacking ideas we're really attacking group things different forms of group think you know like the sadducees jesus said they stand at the gateway uh they don't go in or the scribes they don't go in and they don't let others go in the gateway of truth they stand at the gateway of truth they don't enter and they don't let others enter but they stand right there with wrong ideas to get people away from going in. And I understand, and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm older, I'm older than y'all. So that doesn't mean I know more, but it's just mean I've been through more hate experiences hmm. <laughs> and, you know, and you'd see it in the courtroom too. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm surrounded by a world of hate that, you know, uh, you know, victims hating criminals, criminals, hating victims, uh, you know, judges despising certain defendants, you know, juries hating certain defendants. I mean, they, and, you know, divorces, hating each other, hate vitriol. I, I'm around it continually. Mm-hmm. And wow. maybe on, a, on some good level, that's that's insulated me a little bit, except from road rage. OK, even <laughs> though I, I'm, I'm I'm proud to say or you know, humble to say, you know, that I'm, I'm doing better. The Lord's kind of put a, a buffer and, I, and I'm, I'm slowing down a little bit in my thoughts. Yep. You know, it's like my thoughts were in road rage. <laughs> you know, my thoughts were raging. But are you but finding that each are you finding that every, each time it happens, you're you're there's like a prompting from inside the Holy Spirit's yeah. giving you just a little more time to okay, not as quick, not as quick, or you screw up and go, okay, I see that. Next time you got some practice and less and less. And, and I'll tell you this, I think there this is gonna maybe uh maybe this is a little too philosophical or or therapeutical or why whatever. stop now? I know uh, therapeutical. <laughs> there's a word. I make up words right off the air. Um I think therapeutical. Maybe- therapeutical. I thought you said therapeutical. I said I, thought- <laughs> I like that. That's better. Therapeutical. This may be. Listen, I, I, as a, as a guy, and the, I think there's every once in a while things that are almost inconsequential things to be angry about that almost give us an outlet. And traffic in a in a weird way sometimes for me. I'll tell you another one. I have. I'm just being a, like sports. I get oddly angry at a sport. Like passionate. Perfect. Yeah, but but I'm mad. I'm like, how could he throw that pitch in that situation? I mean, it's completely nonsensical. Yeah. But it also doesn't affect anybody of flesh and blood. Yeah. Right. It, it, I'm not. I'm not taking that anger and, and and pouring that wrath, pouring that moment. I'm I'm outletting it to something that isn't that's to a certain degree inconsequential. And maybe I don't know. I'm just. I'm kind of. Spitballing, maybe there's something cathartic and therapeutic about that for humans. Um, but when we start channeling it toward people and their identities, even if their identities are flawed, right? And there, there's this group thinking where, where Jesus absolutely, you're right, had anger toward 
you know, groupthink and mob think that, that had injustice associated with it. But once we shift that, it's such a fine line. And I, at least for me, I've learned to err on the side of grace rather than anger because I'm not Jesus. <laughs> and I, that line is razor thin. And for me to step over it is, is way easier for me than it is probably for him to step, step walk it right down the, the perfect line, you know, between where, where it belongs and where it doesn't. So I, and for me, I, when I'm dealing with people, I want to err on the side of, of grace and then let, let the anger fall to the inconsequential areas that, that don't really affect individuals. And that, I'm just spitballing there. Well, and, and, you know, when Jesus says, love your enemy, bless those who curse you and despitefully use you, think about what that says is. He, he doesn't just say tolerate your enemies or don't get kicked at them, <laughs> don't, don't hate them. He says, love them. You know, so my whole point, you know, with it is, you, for you to be aware of that, you have to also be aware that they've despitefully used you. But in the things that we get angry at, I would be angry at someone or struggle with anger towards someone who despitefully used me or cursed me or slapped me or did any of those things that Jesus mentioned. Yet he just doesn't say it's, a, you know, withhold your anger now. No, he said, love them, bless them, pray for them. You know, and, and, and to me, that's the ideal. I, I think what I see what I see in some forms of deconstruction is we're not going to Jesus. We're not going to Jesus with our ideal. Even if we're not there now, even if I'm struggling now, I at least need on the macro level to say, I know this is not the Lord's will for me to have this anger in my breast, to have this hate in me and to have this hurt in me. I know it. So I am committed. I am resolved to yield daily to the divine nature, to the renewing of my mind. I'm not going to accept this as normative for me. And I think that that would be my concern about some of the forms of deconstruction. Hate and, 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 and hostility is towards certain others. You know, it has, they haven't separated the ideas from the flesh and blood in a lot of cases. And I think it, 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 hate becomes a, um, a companion. And by, I'm telling you, hate and anger do not need to be our companions. They can be occasional, you know, homesteaders that come in under the fence or over the fence. But it's a work of the flesh. I mean, it is a work of the flesh, even though I understand also that sometimes there is a positivity to, um, you know, I find myself getting alerted on a high alert when I'm at my best to, to toxic ideas. Yeah. But I don't get I never get mad at a person when I'm mad at a person, even if I'm right, I'm wrong. You know, it, it, I, I don't feel the, the presence of the Lord. I don't feel the pleasure of the Lord. I know he's there and I know he understands. I know he empathizes. Let's grant that. Well, let's also grant we're we're here to be perfected. We're here to grow and to, to be sanctified and to renew and, and to elevate and to transcend and to transfigure. And I just don't want people to lose a sense of the journey. And instead, just we adopt the works of the flesh, you know, that are listed. Bill, you did a great job. They're like inverse of each other. You know, that it, that it, it is it OK? Do, does Jesus get it? Does Jesus understand why we're that way? Yes, but. That, that we don't we still on a macro level can say no you know and, no. and if you can even take it and again thin ice i don't care jesus adopted all the spectrum of adam he he lived as one of us he walked as one of us he he did everything as one of us and while he was the exact representative of god right exact representation of god um i think we also have to have and this may sound crazy for to some people when we're reading the scriptures realizing that Jesus is 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 human too. Mm. And 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 when he 
when he's lifted up and he draws all human judgment unto himself, he responds on the cross. That's the moment where the brightest transfigurement of Jesus is happening as the representation of God. Leading up to that, there's nuance and there's growth and there's maturation. He grew in wisdom and stature. And I think we can even look at Jesus and say, when he flipped the tables, I'm not saying it wasn't he wasn't acting in his his perfection as the representation of God. He was, but there's a human element to that as well. And and, and I think we gotta we gotta take that into context. And and in my opinion, there's a heavy prophetic imagery going on there that's super important to understand. And if we just try to literalize again, it's you hyper literalize something in scripture and use that as our justification, we just can really derail. I'm hoping that folks won't hear that if you get angry, then, oh, oh, I got to find a way to stop being angry. I want to suggest, perhaps, tell me if this makes sense. In order to process your anger, number one, don't do it publicly. Don't do it on social media. Do it within the closed context of trusted people. Like if if I lived near Atlanta, I'd be hanging out with you guys, going to have a, a good beverage. Um, and if I had a bad day, I would not process it all online. And I would likely sit with trusted people and say, here's what's happened to me and vent. And suddenly it's out and you guys can spill the, it back and help me process. The social media forum has changed a lot of that. And I think we've seen it in the last 12, 20 years or whatever mm -hmm. that it's advanced. I think you're absolutely right. It's yeah. given people a platform. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think we, maybe you had it on some circles, but te you know, I completely agree with that. Because sometimes you got to process it. Like just recently, I've had trouble with a certain individual. And my wife and I have talked to this many, many times. A good buddy of mine, Rod, and I talk about this person who just drives me nuts. Like I get angry. Like I'm really ticked off with this person. And uh, I had a confrontation just recently. And I felt that there was less for somehow. It's like the Holy Spirit was giving me a little more patience in the moment to be kinder, not back into a corner, not caving down to be a, a doormat, but to my response was not nearly as harsh. But as soon as this Good. incident was over, there was a weird, I'm going to shelve this. Mind you, I had to shelve it many times, but I was able to shelve it and go, I'm not going to let this eat my day and wreck my day. And it's, I thought, okay, of all the times that I've had these confrontations and face-to-face -face things, it's suddenly getting less. And I just wrote, wrote back my friend Rod and said, you know, each time these instances happen, I'm learning something every time. I don't like them, but I am learning something. Good. You know, how can I be Christ-like to this person? Well, what I thought was Christ-like, now my Christ-likeness is going to have to be ignore. Walk past the city. I'm, I, that is my arrival right now. And that's the most loving thing I can do. So I don't say something wrong next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and it gets back to that micro and macro thing. That was a micro thing. You were in there, a micro cooker. And it, it's not like you could correct the guy and talk him off the ledge. Nope. All you could do was enter into a state of being that would calm the situation. When somebody is reactive, you know, I think you Mike, you and I talked about that the other day about, about reactive anger versus in these anger management, I, every, you know, I go to domestic violence court here all the time because I have clients in it mm. left and right. And one of the things they all say help them more than anything is this understanding the difference between reactive, reactive mm. anger and responsive anger. Mm. That responsive anger actually causes them to leave the room. It doesn't cause them to stay in the room. And that's they usually planned, right? Yes. 
Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Reactive is you respond in the moment. And that's what the Facebook stuff you were talking about. It's reactive. I'm saying something hasty that's out there to hurt somebody. I'm posting this thing to hurt somebody. I'm posting this thing to accuse somebody. But whereas responsive is I'm angry now, but I'm going to get out of Dodge. and I'm going to calm down. That's the priority is to leave the room, calm down and then come back and then engage. All right. And they said we were never taught that we stayed in the room. It kept, and we kept reacting and reacting and painting ourselves into a corner. Escalating. Yeah, until something bad happened. Wow. So maybe we're the same way. You, that, that, that's exactly, Mike, what you described. You left the room in, in a figurative sense there yeah. with it. You, you weren't going to, you know, you weren't going to react to it. And, it, and and that's the same with our traffic. If we'll just stop, nip, you know, nipping this reaction, then we can, that that lets, that invites the spirit to come in and prompt us into in, into, into the way of life. And, you know, it makes me wonder, too, if the whole anger thing in the garden, that the, whatever we want to say, the, the contagion that we all have, you know, like I know I say it every week with Chesterton saying we're all seasick and we're all in the same boat, doesn't have something to do with this, with, with the anger, with impatience, with control, the desire to be as God. I want to control it. I, I, want, I want what, what I think should happen. I want to happen. Humanity maybe, is the boat. Hmm? Yeah. Humanity is the boat. Yeah. 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 And it's not original sin. It's not that, but it's something we need. We need to acknowledge there's something flawed, you know, in, in, in our in our ability to, to perceive God that we need to grow out of, that we need to grow past, that we need to deal with, that we need to, to sh- uh, shuck off. Shuck is a good word. We need to shuck it off of us. I'm glad you it's, pronounced that correctly. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it's just uh, uh, we need to have a healthy uh, I think a healthy boundary around around uh, anger, you know, recognize it as such, identify it as such when it comes in, and 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 then guide it, you know, guide it to guide it in and guide it out, understanding that it is part of the human condition. But I mean, temptation is part of the human condition. Whatever temptation is, I think we're, we're tempted to get carnal. We're tempted to get angry and hostile. I mean, I'm tempted, I, uh, you know, and uh, you know, maybe it's not the uh, uh, temptation, you know, that kind of thing that the, the way that word is used but it, just, it's, uh, it's so interesting I, i'm gonna use a uh, example somebody taught me once on your spectrum on your wheel there mike the very last one and it's probably was disgust revolting yes, right? revolt and this jesus this jesus thing is is a really crazy way of uh, how how we as humans it what it does is it's more than anything i think the scriptures and the the, the message of the good news is it's far less about trying to to force us, and I think we've all had that conversation into a new way of thinking, but to reveal how we currently are, and then and then draw us, woo us into a different way, right? Yeah. Disgust is a really interesting component of that. Um, there's a there's an experiment you can try. Take a little tiny cup, spit into it. Now drink it. Now, your initial reaction is what? Look, you just said it. You, 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 like, okay. You're disgusted. Why? It was just literally in your mouth. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. different about sure. that. It's left your body, right? It's gone away from you. Mm. And now all of a sudden you have this element of disgust because it's no longer in union with you, right? <laughs> and this is exactly the, the kind of metaphor that leads us to a place of anger, right? When it gets outside of this inner peace, when it gets outside of our inter sanctum, when it gets outside of that, 
it disgust begins the ripple effect to a large degree and us getting over disgust. And it's amazing how Jesus, if you go look at his story, how, how often that's what the level he was dealing in with people touching a leper, right? Women of disrepute. Mm -hmm. These are people that had instantaneous disgust to the culture of purity. Yeah. That he and so it's, you have to expand the metaphor of Jesus into our current culture. Right. And if I'm an evangelical, then my levels of disgust are pointed at certain things. If I'm a, a living in, in more of a liberal, you know, liberalism, my level of disgust toward different injustices are different. But at the same token, we're dealing with disgust. And we have to realize that that those are always going to be there. Jesus even said that to some degree, like these are always going to be there. You have to deal with this first, and then how you engage with these will be transfigured, and you'll have more impact for how these injustices or these areas of disgust are handled in your world by responding, just like you said, to the spirit within, than by allowing the external factors of disgust to drive your, your emotions. But that, it's there's a dichotomy here. The more we try to force that change, I don't think the more we become frustrated and the more we even become angry. And that therein lies a lot of the deconstruction people I've seen. The the, I don't know, the key, maybe the wrong I think the key to this is realizing that you're in it, you're kind of incapable of changing your anger. <laughs> the only thing you can do is start meditating and focusing on Jesus. That's my opinion. And and the person of Jesus and and learning his personality. I don't have a better word for it, his personality. And these things begin to shed almost effortlessly, at least in my experience. But and, and can, can I throw something real quick? This yeah, the second we the second we try to kind of force it though, the second we kind of jerk ourselves back into these places of disgust. So uh, yeah, go ahead. So if you are balking at this idea of meditating on these good things that we're told to meditate on, why are you so upset about that when you've been meditating on anger all the other times? The only reason you're angry is because that is what you are meditating on. You are churning, processing all these emotions. It's like going to see a scary movie and you're like, ah, there are startling scenes. Are you ever in any real danger? No, your emotions think you are, but clearly you are not in danger, but your emotions don't know the difference. Um, so something's going on that's not been dealt with. If you have this, this resolve anger, in fact, somebody listening to this might be really triggered and angry because mm -hmm. of what we're talking about. Well, guess what? That means it, it's poking something that shouldn't hurt. That's the problem. And sometimes it's a situation that's happened, a hurt from the past, or even grief at, at the core of what's going on. Maybe a grief of a loss of a friendship loss, who knows there's something more going on. And the more we can realize, hey, if I begin to meditate on the goodness of God, the fruit of the spirit, I know it sounds kind of flaky corny, but it's true. Yes. Yeah. And you know, the love chapter, this is worth mentioning. And all the things that love does, Paul's opus on love in 1 Corinthians 13. He goes, love believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Love rejoices not in equity, but rejoices with with good yeah so so that that's the closest it gets to any sort of anger re not rejoicing so mm -hmm. we don't look like a happy idiot smiling when something horrible is happening around us we're not rejoicing you know when, when, when this injustice or whatever it is is going on we're not rejoicing with it you know we're, we're not blind to it we're empathetic with it uh but but in terms of personal anger i just think 
that you know one of our one of our daily goals needs to be to disassociate ourselves from our own anger process mm -hmm. it acknowledge it uh and then uh, pray for the spirit pray for the fruits of the spirit try to yield to the fruits of the spirit to then convert it to purge it of any flesh and blood of any carnality and whatever's left i think would be rejoicing not you know, I think it'd be left in a state of non-rejoicing at whatever caused it to begin with. Or you may just laugh at it. I laugh at myself for getting mad at traffic. You know, some I days. I do too. You know, but I mean, it just, I feel so, so, you know, just so embarrassed by it. Just personally, for, by, by my, what the kind of man I want to be, you know. Rabbit trail, as we wrap up. Um, Richard, you have gone through a big physical transformation over the last two years. You've lost how many pounds, roughly? Uh, 70. 70. That's uh, a 70. lot of freaking pounds, okay? Sorry, it just is. You flattened a whole new curve. So we're jealous, anybody watching. However, I'm wondering what happened to your mental resilience on when it comes to anger and forgiveness, has that played in? Because I think some people are harboring much in their body. When you're hanging on to anger and unforgiveness, it affects your body. It can cause unhealth. Do you, is that worth just a quick ending with that? Like, or how can we wrap it up with that? Cause I think there's a link, but I just don't know what it is. Yeah, I'm sure it affects the health. And, and, you know, I, I, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've had high blood pressure issues for the first time in my life since this last trauma trial I was in that, it was, I mean, so, so many things happened in that trial, but they were unreal. And we, you know, we, we didn't, we didn't lose the trial. That's all I can say, but uh, it, there may come, it may have to get tried again, but anyway, I've never had blood pressure issues. And in the wake of that trial and, and I, it's affected me physically. I mean, that's just one example with me, the toxic, there was so much hate and bullying going on in this trial that it affected me. It really did affect me before then. I never had any blood pressure issues. I lost when I lost the weight, my body, I got healthy in so many new areas that I'd never experienced before. Arthritis went away. You know, uh, I had several other things, bone joints, uh, you know, uh, flexibility issues. All, all, my shoulder issue was the only thing that didn't go away because that needs surgery. But everything else that I had struggled with health wise, when I, as I lost the weight, it brought it into it brought it. Uh, I had a horrible uh, regurgitation issue. That's totally gone. You know, so, uh, yeah, there, and, and that made me feel better spiritually and more graceful, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, more, more willing, my, my mood was elevated, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and I, and I want, I, I came out of it wanting to help people, you know, wanted to help people not using my technique because no one could use my technique because I, flesh and blood didn't show me that technique just before the father said, okay, well, you're, I'm going to have, the only thing that's going to work for you is You this. are a unique one. <laughs> I know, but just, and that's really my heart for everyone is that they find their uniqueness, you know, in their path to the Lord and with the Lord. And, but that it's all ascending. It's a, it's a path of ascension, you know, where, where we become, um, I, I, I guess my peace, you know, even though I've been through a lot of, you know, tribulation, I feel like my peace and confidence is she in Jesus has never been higher, mm. you know, these last few years, uh, even, you know, through some personal mistakes that I've made and things, things like that. But my peace has been there. And which is, I didn't have when I was younger, I didn't have peace. I had aggression, but I didn't have a lot of peace. And again, back to the fruit of spirit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Aggression, two different sides of that. And, 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 I think the one thing I'll, I'll, I'll conclude by saying, and I, I totally agree with the healthiness thing. Um, you know, we're, we're, this isn't about judging 
others. And I also want people to be gentle with judging themselves because we should have grace for ourselves too. You know, there's not, this isn't meant to say if you're angry or that you have frustration and anxiety or you have aggression or you have, if you go down the lines of the fruit of the spirit and you, you kind of think about the opposite of each hopelessness, whatever it is. Um, it doesn't mean that you're broken. It doesn't mean that you're unloved. It doesn't mean that you're unsavable. It doesn't mean that, you know, you're outside the circle of God. It doesn't mean any of those things. It just means there's an opportunity to grow. Yes. And that, and, 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 and Jesus is the one who wants to, again, woo you, not force you, woo you back into a place that where, where you were made to thrive, where you have fertile ground, where you were made to thrive and start to produce those fruits. And, and you start, they start at the first one and that's love. And what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. Um, <laughs> love, love, if we wanted to find that, we just, again, we start with, in my, my, my opinion, the concept of, of forgiveness mm. and, and, and dropping our, our grievances, dropping our desires for vengeance at the foot of the cross, just as he did for us first. But it feels so good not to, though. We love as we've been first loved. And when we start <laughs> yeah. that, then it produces joy. Then it produces, and it starts to ripple effect. Yeah. And self-control, temperance. And, self-control. That, that, and that may be one of the last things to come. What? And that's okay. Give yourself patience. Give yourself. And the other half is, this is introspective. The second we turn this gaze outward and start looking at the, you know, the specks in other people's eyes is the second that we begin to ignore the planks. We all, every one of us, me, <laughs> most of all, I'm the worst of all, as Paul said, Bill saying the same thing. As long as I'm focused in on my, my crap um, and I'm not judging others for their crap, even if they are in a place that gives me disgust. Right. And it doesn't matter what that means for me or it may be different for you. I need to love them as I've been first loved. Drop those grievances, give them compassion for where they're at in their journey. That doesn't mean I have to endorse everything they're doing either. I think that's the other kind of key is there's a huge difference between love and endorsement, like endorsing unhealthiness, you know, someone that's uh, excessively, uh, you know, in a place of unhealthiness, we, we, physical is an easy one to define. It doesn't mean it's like, hey, we need to stay there. No, sometimes love is, hey, we're going to get up and go for a walk together today and 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 try to start remediating the process of your unhealthiness. Maybe someone, you know, can't walk and they're overweight excessively. I don't know. I'm using some example. Yeah. But it doesn't, it doesn't, love doesn't always mean endorsement of unhealthiness. And I think that's another one that's really fine line that can lead to anger a lot of times because, you get, it's sensitive because we tie our identity so closely sometimes with the external and not with the internal. I like Amen. how you said it's introspective and not, which, which means, uh, I think Richard, you were talking about reactive and what was the other word? Responsive. Responsive. So maybe if this is a triggering topic, ask yourself why, and maybe you hate the fact that you get angry. Why? And the journey of forgiveness, the journey of introspection, it's going to lead you to Jesus. It just will. So I, I, I just think it's a topic that needs to be talked about. If you have trusted friends to, to chat with, talk to them privately. Don't call people out online publicly. Don't, don't <laughs> uh, seriously, it's like the, this is way too important uh, to deal with. You need, you need maturity around you so you can express it. I'm still calling out the, you know, my football team online. I'm sorry. Ah! 
Well, that's the therapy. I love it. There's one passage in Ephesians that I like that says, be angry, but sin not. Yeah. Wrap wrap up with that one. Explain that one. Well, be angry, but sin not. Then it says, don't let the sun go down, but don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Well, let's, if you read all that together, what it's basically saying is it be angry. I mean, understand, process your anger, but don't, don't let it go overnight. You know, don't let it, don't let it spend the night with you. You know, don't let it go down. Don't let the sun go down on it before you deal with it. And I think that that's, that's, that's a healthy, you know, that's a healthy instructive there. And different versions say that in different ways. Uh, but uh, be angry, sin not, but don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You know, uh, in other words, you're going to deal with it. You're going to have to deal, with it, but just don't let it, don't let it linger. You know, don't, don't, let let it defi- linger. don't let it define you. Yeah. I saw a meme that said, yes, but I've got one minute and 43 seconds left. <laughs> oh my goodness yeah anyway i this was an important one i'm glad you guys took time to entertain me and entertain the topic um i think it's a biggie so thank you all right we'll catch y'all next time thanks for watching everyone i hope you enjoyed that conversation that that was good that kind of bounced through a lot of stuff i i hope you're encouraged by that some of us will have to go back and rewatch. There there's some parts i want to re-listen and maybe even type out some of the stuff that uh, a few of them quoted or said uh it was it was good i hope you found it encouraging um anger is not the fruit of the spirit not not at all and so uh <laughs> that kind of sums it up pretty good i like how at the beginning um i think it was richard who tied it to wrath um that we have a or even even better a faulty concept of who we think god is as a god of wrath that is huge because we live our lives based on our concept of who we think god is which means we live our lives based on a concept of who we think we are in how god sees us everything is just fruit of what we believe wow so when somebody's angry and angry and angry and angry or or sad, 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 whatever it is, there probably needs to be a, an evaluation of of um, what what's causing that, what thinking has caused that. Um, and sometimes it's a faulty concept. Uh, sometimes it's the spin cycle they're stuck in. Um, they need some encouragement, honest encouragement. I don't know. Um, I, anyway, that's. I hope that was good. Thank you for those that were commenting. Um, Harold, or Kim Harold says, hello, Brent. <laughs> Good morning, Brent. Good to see you there. Tarzi, I think you're watching from Malaysia. You said Bor- Borneo Island. I don't know where that is, but I have a hunch it's in Malaysia. Um, and then uh, Buddy Fisher of Men. <coughs> Pardon me. Good morning to you. Uh, I think your answer or your question was answered in that, if I'm not mistaken. That was that was good. Good morning, Jen Nye. Good to see you there. She says, I found that anger often results from crossed boundaries. I've seen it as a tool to learn more about where I'm at so I can process. Yeah, I, again, me too. I, um, anger, we can be triggered, and how we're triggered shows a level of our maturity. Some people are triggered really quick. In fact, there are people that are just constantly triggered. They're always angry, or you know they're going to set off, so you avoid telling them stuff. Well, that tells you about their maturity of who, knowing who they are. They are not self-aware. They're outward aware, constantly waiting for the reactions according like what, what Richard was saying at the beginning. So maybe it's not about reactions and we need to learn how to respond. And it's a long, long 
process. Oh, but it's a hope filled one. And that's what I'm after. Uh, give me a hope filled perspective and uh, I'm in. All right. I hope that was good today. Um, we'll look forward to catching you next time. Um, I think you'll like the next topic. Uh, I won't tell you what it is because I'm not certain, but I think it is. And then we're starting, I'm, I'm starting to do some research and prep on it and I think it'll be good. All right. We'll catch y'all later. Join me next time on Still Growing in Grace for more good news. Enjoy previous episodes by downloading our podcast at growingingrace.ca. You can also visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, please consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca and help us keep spreading this good news. Thank you again for tuning in to Still Growing in Grace.